eternal, righteous, and invisible Father in heaven. Thank you, dear Father, for giving us life and giving us an opportunity to know you through your word. As we go through these moments of our devotion, we pray, Father, that by your Spirit, as we compare Scripture with Scripture, spiritual things shall be revealed to us and we may have a saving knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Put your words in my mouth and bless me, Lord. For the sake of your children, Lord, speak through me. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. That I may know him, January 18. The living water. And did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 4 Christ combines the two types. He is the rock. He is the living water. The same beautiful and expressive figures are carried throughout the Bible. Centuries before the advent of Christ, Moses pointed to him as the rock of Israel's salvation. The psalmist song of him as my redeemer the rock of my strength, the rock that is higher than I, a rock of habitation, rock of my heart, rock of my refuge. In David's song, his grace is pictured also as the cool, still waters, amid green pastures beside which the heavenly shepherd leads his flock. Again, thou shalt make them, he says, drink the river of thy pleasures, for with thee is the fountain of life. And the wise man declares, The wellspring of wisdom is as a flowing brook. To Jeremiah, Christ is a fountain of living waters. To Zechariah, a fountain opened for sin and for uncleanness. Isaiah describes him as the rock of ages and the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. And he records the precious promise bringing vividly to the mind the living stream that flowed for Israel. When the poor and needy seek water, and there is none, and their tongue faileth for thirst, I, the Lord, will hear them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will pour water upon him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. In the wilderness shall waters break out and streams in the desert. The invitation is given, Ho, everyone that tested, come ye to the waters. And in the closing pages of the sacred word, this invitation is echoed. The river of the water of life, clear as crystal, proceeds from the throne of God and the Lamb. And the gracious call is ringing down through the ages. Whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Amen. The references for this reading are taken from the book of Deuteronomy 32 verse 15, Psalms chapter 19 verse 14, chapter 62 verse 7, chapter 61 verse 2, chapter 71 verse 3, chapter 73 verse 26, chapter 94 verse 22, chapter 23 verse 2, chapter 36 verse 8 and 9, Proverbs chapter 18 verse 4. 
Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 13, Zechariah chapter 13 verse 1, Isaiah chapter 26 verse 4, chapter 32 verse 2, chapter 41 verse 17, chapter 44 verse 3, chapter 35 verse 6, chapter 55 verse 1, and Revelation chapter 22 verse 1 and 17. The title of our devotion for today is The Living Water. Water serves various purposes today in our lives and the Lord intends to make us understand through the meditation of what water does for us to understand what He does for us. The chief reason many of us need water is to quench our thirst. There are many other uses of water but in quenching our thirst and cooking our food too, that's another reason, but in quenching our thirst is the immediate one because that one affects our existence. Without the quenching of our thirst, we may die. Water is used extensively by us in this life, in this world. This world is made up of mostly water, over 70% of the world is water. And it's a water-based planet. We function based on water. It's the, the, the function of this earth is, sur- is surrounded around that water. The closeness of the earth to the sun. If it is a bit closer, water will boil and we will not be able to exist. If it goes back a bit, water will freeze and we will not be able to exist. So water is foundational to the existence of this life. In the beginning, when the earth was created, we are told on the first day that the earth was filled with water and the Spirit of the Lord was roaming all around it. On the day one, water was created. This earth is a water-based planet. Land came on the second day. Water is too important. We use it to wash our clothes, to clean our bodies, that's to take our bath, and especially to quench our thirst. So let's begin this devotion from that perspective of quenching our thirst. What is thirst? Thirst is our body's way of telling us that we need more water. It's a strong urge to drink fluids. Thirst is a common symptom that can be experienced for many reasons. Some of the reasons include when you have been dehydrated, you've lost fluid, or if you eat salty or spicy foods, you want to take water. Or when you take certain medications also, it can create an effect in you. Your mouth becomes very dry and you just want to take water. So generally, feelings of thirst can be dealt with by drinking water or fluids. But then, that's another thing to talk about. What is the best fluid to quench your thirst? It's water, and we'll talk about that in a bit. More than half of the human body is water, and every cell, nearly every cell in the body, we are told, requires water. Which is why thirst is a very important sensation, because it's actually your cells requesting for something. Water. Thirst helps to ensure that your body has enough water for all your cells to function. Your body is not looking for anything than H2O, that's water. Now, I was talking earlier about water and other drinks, which will take us into our devotion proper. What is the best thing to quench your thirst? It is water. It is better at quenching thirst because of its temperature and carbonation. While pure water effectively quenches thirst, drinks like your soft drinks and baby juices, they are lukewarm and flat, except you, of course, put it into a refrigerator. 
But warm water is more easily absorbed by the body once you drink it. Why? Because it does not contain those calories in them. Your body doesn't need to do work to digest it. But when you drink all the soft drinks or juices also, even fruit juice, your body does work. Remember the cell is looking for water. That's what it's looking for when you are dehydrated. But you make it more difficult for it to absorb the water when that water comes in the form of soft drinks or even juice. That's why warm water is more easily absorbed and it causes the body to recover more quickly from dehydration. There are many options of what to drink but without a doubt, your best choice you can get is water. It is calorie free and it's easy to find at the nearest tap. Boil it if you want to make it better for you. Drinks that are loaded with sugar are the worst choice. That's what we are told. and It's common sense to know that because they provide lots of calories and no other nutrients. Drinking them very often can lead to weight gain and increase of type 2 diabetes. In the end, they don't quench our test. Now, let's go into how these drinks represent various things for us. You see, these drinks can represent the other options we have to quench our spiritual thirst. Just as we thirst physically, we also thirst spiritually. And we need to quench our thirst. In the book of Jeremiah 2, God used this thirst for water to explain the quest for man going to various options to quench his thirst. He said, Be astonished, O ye heavens, at this, and be horribly afraid. Be ye very desolate, said the Lord, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. God has made it to be that when we look around us, we cannot but see things that we can use as prefigurations of himself. Who does not use water on a daily basis? I have drank water this morning. I've washed my hands with water this morning. And you also must have used water today in one way or another. When you are using water next time, think of how this water prefigures Jesus Christ. In this case, God says he is the fountain of living waters. Jesus, we saw in our devotion yesterday, told the Samaritan woman, I have living water to drink, water that when you drink it, you will never test again. The water that I shall give him shall be a well of water that will spring up into everlasting life. John chapter 4 verse 14, that's what Jesus said, the living water. And it is this living water that God wants us to drink. But there are other waters that are there that we may be drinking. It's not quenching our thirst. Jeremiah continuing now, chapter 2, reading from verse 18 to 21 to 22. God says, And now what hast thou to do in the way of Egypt to drink the waters of Sihor? Or what hast thou to do in the way of Assyria to drink the waters of the river? Thine own wickedness shall correct thee, and thy backsliding shall reprove thee. So what is backsliding? Backsliding is when you go to drink water from somewhere else than the fountain of living water. Continuing, it says, Know therefore and see that it is an evil thing and bitter, that thou hast forsaken the Lord thy God, and that my fear is not in thee, saith the Lord of hosts. For of old time I have broken thy yoke, and have burst thy bands, and thou hast said, I will not transgress. When upon every hill and under every green tree thou wanderest, playing the harlot, yet I planted thee a noble vine, 
wholly a right seed, how then had thou turned into the degenerate plant of a strange vine unto me? For though thou, this is another use of water, though thou wash thee with nitre, not water now, nitre, and take thee so much soap, yet thine iniquity is marked before me, saith the Lord God. Amen. Two uses of water are brought here, but our focus is on the thirst. Drinking from the waters of Egypt and Assyria. What does this mean? The waters of Egypt and Assyria do not satisfy. That's the first thing we should learn. They are broken systems that can hold no water. They represent the seeking after other things to fill our emptiness. There is a consciousness in all men that we lost something. We know that this present life we live is not what we were called to live. We know that there is a void within us and we try various ways to fill that void to quench the thirst. Some try the pleasures of this world but sadly realize that they cannot satisfy their thirst and the longing of their soul. And then there is the one where we think that our achievements, our achievements will quench our thirst. So the child is born and the parent take him on that rat race. He goes to school, she goes to school and the desperation to quench the thirst at that time is to graduate from the primary school and when they graduate they feel oh i've achieved something but just soon they realize that their thirst is not quenched so they go to the next round of school and then every day there's the anxiety to pass the examinations and after passing this one you feel good but then you go down again and then you keep going on conquering one exam after another till you finally graduate from high school and then what next you realize you're not still satisfied then you go to the university the same round goes up again from exam to exam conquering one and the other and eventually none of them satisfies you you graduate from the university and then for some they go and they do their masters and their doctorate and after all of this they think that their test will be quenched but it is not quenched they still seek for something and then they think oh i need to marry that will make me happy that will quench my thirst that will fill the void in my heart and they labor to get married and then they finally marry they rejoice great rejoicing ceremonies more than one wedding for some of them and then they think they are happy but just not long after that wedding maybe for some in that same day of the wedding the emptiness is there again the thirst is still there it's not quenched and then they say okay i need to have children that, that may quench my thirst and then they go into childbearing and then they come to the same round that their parents put them through they want to put their children through the same thing thinking that to quench their thirst so they want to get glory and quenching of thirst from their own children's achievements and yet it still doesn't quench their thirst and yet eventually when they come to the time when they are about to die they are afraid to die why are you afraid your thirst has not been quenched. If your thirst was quenched, you would not be afraid to die. Why? Because you would have drank from the living waters and you are not afraid of death, the death that only affects this life. You will know that you have eternal life. The waters of Egypt and Sihon are these things that we do. And then there are others that think that being men of renown like the Egyptians will make them feel fulfilled and satisfied and quench their thirst. But after we have achieved many so-called great feats and fulfilled our ambitions, the emptiness is still there. So we seek to fulfill another ambition and achieve another great thing, but we are never satisfied with achieving. 
Look at those engaged in the sport leagues. Year after year, they engage in a quest to achieve a trophy. After one team gets the trophy, just so soon as they get it, they are preparing for another conquest to get another trophy. The previous one did not satisfy them. The test has not been quenched no matter how many trophies are won. They have to go back the next season as testy people again to seek more glory, ever drawing from a well that holds no water drawing from the waters of egypt and assyria to no avail no matter how much too much is never enough then how about the celebrities who are famous for their wealth from success in one area in life or the other it could be in music it could be in anything at all just famous people do they feel fulfilled and satisfied no How many famous high-achieving celebrities, inventors, business moguls and rich people there are today who are still feeling unsatisfied with their lives. They are depressed. We hear their stories everywhere. They are taking lots of drugs and antidepressants. We know their stories. Many think they are happy because of the so-called success they have. But how so often we hear them lament their lack of happiness and existence. They have been drinking from the waters of Egypt and Sihor in Assyria, but they are still thirsty. They are not satisfied. Yet many still want to walk the same road that they walked, thinking that there is satisfaction for their thirst there. And how about the great kings that have lived in the past? Did their conquering of nation after nation bring them satisfaction? No, it didn't. It is said of Alexander the Great that he was addicted to conquest, so much that when there was no other kingdom left to conquer, he became sick by drinking too much alcohol, and then he died from the ensuing illness at the young age of only 33 years. Poor man, Alexander the Great. Was he really great? No, he wasn't. To men, he was. He was quenching his thirst with the wrong drink both physically and spiritually. Alcohol cannot quench your thirst, and the conquest that he was engaging in did not quench his thirst either. His emptiness could not be fulfilled by his achievements, neither could it be fulfilled by alcohol. He died not having his thirst quenched. He and many other kings have tried to quench their thirst the wrong way, for the thing they sought after could not help them. But why this longing after something that we cannot find? There seems to be something about man. They are trying to grasp something, but yet they are not finding it. Why is it so? God made it so when he created us. Acts 17 verse 24 down to 28, when Paul was speaking in Areopagus, telling the Greeks about God, he said, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is the Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands, as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things, and hath made of one blood all nations of men, for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed, and the bounds of their habitation. Why did God determine these things? Verse 27 that they should seek the Lord, if haply they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Amen. God made us in his own image, 
But man being out of harmony with the image and likeness of God knows that he is lacking something. God has set the bounds and we know that we are to be searching for something to fill us. But we search for the wrong things. It is God that we are to search for because it is only him that can fill the void within us. Let us look at the conversation that Jesus had with a woman who was thirsty, trying to quench her thirst from the drinks in the water of Egypt, but it wasn't working. John 4 verse 10 to 14, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith unto thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Are thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. That's the punchline there. And that's what I've been describing. Drinking from the waters of the world, trying to satisfy the emptiness in your life, by achieving this and achieving that, all those things I've said, you will always test again. You want to do it again and again. You will never have peace. You will never be satisfied. Now verse 14, Jesus said, But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never test. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Amen. This woman, like many today, had drank from one of the waters of Egypt and Sihor in the hope of being satisfied but she could get no satisfaction she had married the first husband second husband third and fourth and fifth till the point that she just said i'm not marrying again i'll just leave with a man she tried many more waters but all of them failed her jesus presented to her himself as the only one that could satisfy her test as we read in that time we know him page 23 paragraph 5 the refreshing water Welling up in a parched and barren land is an emblem of the divine grace which Christ alone can bestow and which is as the living water. Look at its function now. Purifying, refreshing and invigorating the soul. He in whom Christ is abiding has within him a never failing fountain of grace and strength. End of quote. Amen. And this is what we are looking for. Once you have Christ in your life, you become satisfied. You don't have the anxiety to chase after this thing and that thing of the world. You are not moved or feeling oppressed by what someone has that you don't have. You are content at last. You are happy at last. The fruit of the Spirit, one of it is joy. And you have that joy in your soul that you are not checking your neighbor what they have and laboring for it. Jesus gives that peace and satisfaction and quenches the thirst. He fills the void in our lives. But then there is a consciousness of something that we had lost. What is this water? What does it do to us that makes us feel satisfied? All men are conscious of this thing. All of us, we know it. And this is the reason that in every religion, there is a talk about it. That thing is the afterlife. In the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, the word of God says, he had made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he has set the world in their heart so that no man can find out the work 
that God maketh from the beginning to the end. In another version, it says, He had set eternity in their heart. Because that word, their world, the meaning of it is a vanishing point. Time out of mind, both past and future. Eternity. So God set eternity in our hearts so that every man is worried or thinks about what happens after we die. Where did I come from? There is a quest to want to live forever. There is a consciousness of the past life man had and also a future eternity in all men. All the great feats of ambition that men do, those things I was listening earlier, they are all in a bid to make themselves eternal. Some find eternity the wrong way, all these ways now, through having children. They want to prolong their name. Others name streets after their names and cities after their names. Others make large monuments of themselves, whether with respect to sculptures or even buildings or companies. All of them is the same thing of trying to prolong our existence and become eternal. Then there are companies that go after the names of men, inventions that go after the names of men. There is the Guinness Book of Records where people want to eternalize their names. There are many methods, but all these methods... Man is trying to find eternity and because he doesn't know any way better or has rejected the only way to get eternity, he goes to drink of these waters that do not even make him eternal. To have your name in the Guinness Book of Record has not eternalized you. It has not immortalized you. To make great inventions has not immortalized you. To have children does not immortalize you. Some think that that's the way to immortalize you. You want your name to remain. Your name does not remain. You are dead when you are dead. All these false ways of eternalizing ourselves are drinking from the waters of Egypt. They are not quenching our thirst. None of these acts can give us eternal life. But Jesus Christ to us today as he did in the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles that he attended. In the book of John 7 verse 37-39, it says in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Amen. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Amen. So when God is saying, I want to give you water, it is his Spirit that will come into us and transform our lives. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, meekness, self-control. By the time these things are internalized in us, then we have peace. Then we are satisfied. Once we believe in Jesus, we get the peace that passes all understanding. Man is wretched and miserable. Even in his best estate, forget about those things you are seeing about rich men. They suffer the same things that many of us suffer. Why can't we be satisfied with all the achievements which we have been talking about, that I have been talking about? It is because whether man admits it or not, he knows that he longs for something better than this sinful life which he lives. He is ashamed of his evil deeds and wants deliverance from them. 
The drunkard wants freedom and the fornicator also. The liar knows that he is sinful. And why is it that even when you have not been told, the one who watches pornography or the one who engages in sexual intercourse wrongly or the one who is engaged in masturbation knows that he is to do it privately. Why? He knows that it is a sin. Sin is what makes us feel empty and creates a test in us for something more. Jesus is the only one who can quench that test created by sin. You can only try to mask your emptiness by the worldly ambitions. You can only try to mask it and make yourself look like you're happy. But many of you are depressed who do not have Jesus. Who has not been there when you have really achieved great things of the world but in the quiet recess of your life in your room, you know that you are really not happy. Sin makes us feel empty and creates a test and Jesus only can quench that test created by sin. And also, the only one who can wash away our sins is Jesus. This leads me to another unique property of water. We've talked about test. Water does more than quenching test. Water is a universal solvent. Water is called the universal solvent though it doesn't dissolve everything but it dissolves most things. It's capable of dissolving more substances than any other liquid. This is very important to every living thing on the earth because it means that wherever water goes, either through the air, the ground or through our bodies, it can take with it valuable minerals. It reminds me of the teaching about vitamins. We have what we call water-soluble vitamins and then the fat-soluble vitamins. And the water-soluble vitamins are more than the fat-soluble vitamins. I think the A, D, E, K and then the rest of them. The rest of them, the numerous ones, the vitamin B1, B2, B12, E and the rest of them, they are the fat, the the water-soluble vitamins. So water takes valuable minerals and nutrients through our body. Our kidneys and water and water solvent properties, you can't estimate how important that pair is in keeping us alive and healthy. Because the kidney filters out substances that enter our bodies from the foods we consume and the water and the things we drink, therefore it needs that water very importantly. They have to get rid of the substances that accumulate in them. That's where water helps. Being such a great solvent, it can dissolve all those things in the kidneys so that they don't stick there and washes the kidneys and sends away all the wastes. This this work that water does to our body and to our kidney, Jesus wants to do to our spiritual life through that water. In Ezekiel chapter 36, remember that John has already explained to us in John 7 verse 39 that when Jesus was saying that he will give them water to drink, what was he actually referring to? He was referring to the Holy Spirit which he will give them. In Ezekiel 36, reading from verse 25, God had already mentioned these two things of his spirit and water. Remember yesterday we already said it. John said there are three that testify on the earth. The spirit, the water and the blood. And we are seeing here that when Jesus was referring to water, he was referring to the spirit. So I'm reading now Ezekiel 36 verse 25 down to 27. It says, Then I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your filthiness, and from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you an heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you shall keep my judgments and do them. Amen. So the reality of water is the Lord Jesus Christ himself through whom we have the Holy 
spirit it washes all our sins he creates a new life within us ephesians 5 verse 25 to 27 tells us of the washing property of water again it says husbands love your wives even as christ also loved the church and gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word this is what i was referring to yesterday when i mentioned in the devotion that water does the work of sanctification and you could say blood does the work of justification but of course we know that blood you could say it does the same thing both what both sanctification and justification but just for this one of water it does the work of sanctification and then verse 27 27 says that of course we've read verse 26 that says by the washing of water by the word that he might present it to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing and that but that it should be holy and without blemish amen so have you seen what water represents again we saw that water represents the spirit but here in Ephesians 5 verse 26 it says with the washing of water by the word and remember you cannot separate the two we are told in john 6 verse 63 jesus said the words that i speak unto you they are what spirit and they are life so it's the same thing the word represents water and the spirit represents water and the word represents the spirit they're all used interchangeably it is not until we have our sins washed that we can be at peace and our test can be quenched Great peace, the word of God says, have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Isaiah 32 verse 17 says to us, And the work of righteousness shall be peace, and the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. Why are people depressed today, sad, unhappy, even though they live in the midst of plenty, yet they drink themselves to death, others take drugs and they kill themselves. It is because of the lack of righteousness. Righteousness shall be peace and it is the living waters that come from the Lord Jesus that washes away our sins and the sins once washed away, we then finally find the satisfaction we've been looking for. The satisfaction that comes from eternal life, knowing that we are right with God immortalizing ourselves by worldly achievements will not satisfy us will not quench our thirst we will still be depressed and many will go to their death in fear because they know that they have not eternalized or immortalized themselves but those who find jesus who drink of the water that flows from that rock jesus christ can go to rest in their death in peace knowing that they themselves like jesus said have become a fountain of water of living water because jesus said that when we come to him he will make us to become water ourselves and we out of our belly he said in john 7 verse 38 he that believeth on me as the scripture had said out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water so when you drink the living water you become a source of the living water yourself and when you are a source of the living water you have life and you're not afraid of coming to the end of this particular life because you know you have eternal life this water is offered to us today and like we saw in the book of revelation chapter 21 verse 17 the call is made to us whosoever will let him take the water of life freely when we drink that water which is 
partaking of the life of Christ and allowing him to abide in us, to cleanse us from our sins and he's offering to do that, then we will have peace and become a fountain of living water to others. So, let us take advantage of this. The next time you use water, remember that water is also a prefiguration of our Lord Jesus. God has made it to be that we will not forget him. Water is something we use all the time. And don't be so unconscious that whenever you are using water to wash your hands, to wash your clothes, drinking it to quench your thirst, helping your bowels to move so that you can excrete, cleansing your kidneys with it, cooking your food with it, remember that it is a type of our Lord Jesus. This is a way to constantly be in tune and meditate on our Lord. When you look at water, meditate on the Lord. Let us pray. Thank you, dear Father, for what you have done in sending to us this message. Thank you for being the living water to quench our thirst. We have run all through the world trying to find satisfaction in various things we have done. And our thirst has not been quenched. Thank you, Father, for providing a means to quench our thirst and to fill the void in our soul. Cleanse us from sin, O Lord, that we may have peace. Help us, Father, to have contentment in our Lord Jesus Christ, that whatever befalls us on this earth, we shall come to the end of our lives, knowing that we have life that comes from that water that flows freely in our Lord Jesus Christ. Forgive us our sins, cleanse us of all unrighteousness, sanctify us by the water of your word, and grant us of your Holy Spirit, that we may be at last in your kingdom. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. message was brought to you by the angel with a strong voice, a ministry dedicated to preparing people to stand true to God and be ready for his imminent return. For more information and free online resources, please visit www.tawas.org. That is www.tawasv.org or contact info at tawas.org.